Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast, Season 4. With your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the Executive Protection Practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect your children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family, I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle and those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time you already know what i'm saying is true so if that sounds interesting to you enjoy the show out this is my mck there are many like them but this one is mine oh dude get it right this is my mck there are many like it but this one is mine If you've got a firearm sitting around, a pistol, that you are not doing anything with, get an MCK. They make them for every single model. If you want a micro conversion kit that will turn your handgun into a force multiplier, get one, man. They are ultra affordable. CAA MCK micro conversion kits are the changing the game, y'all. So if you don't have one, you need to get one. Get one, your women, children, people that are less physically potent will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. You will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. I wanna get one of these into the hands of 100,000 more protectors this year because ultimately we are only as good as the things, the nation is only as good as its protection. Your home is only as safe and as good as your ability to protect it. MCK, go get one, drop your handgun in, take it to the next level, out. Boom, boom, what's up you guys? Here we are for another awesome podcast. I am so excited, I've got an amazing guest, the infamous John Burke of Next Level Combatives. How you doing, how you doing, John? (laughs) What's up, Byron, how are you, sir? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm just, you know, trying to take over the world, bro. (laughs) There's room for both of us. Yeah, man. No, 100%. It's all about the team. It's all about the team, man. So, yeah, man, I really, by just the grace of God, discovered you quite recently. Uh, You sent me a message a while back, and then I started kind of digging into your stuff. Um, And what I really am excited about besides your passion and your competence in the area of hand-to-hand combat is really kind of the system, man. The one, your system is awesome and really intriguing to me. We're going to dig into that, but also professionals need to understand that they need more tools. Like if every, if all you got is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? You don't have these different tools on your force continuum. You are going to be um, maybe using the wrong tool for the equation you're faced with. And that's how we get into trouble as operators. That's how our companies that we represent, our principals, our clients, our shareholders all get drug into things. Um, and I know that a lot of guys are, and, and a lot of agents and operators are a little averse to this and they try to avoid it. But <clears throat> what I think you have here is something that is highly effective that 
can take some of the, 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 the guesswork, the chance work, the dogma out of what people have and are trying to learn and implement, uh, you know, when it comes to hand-to-hand combatives, brother. So it's an honor to have you on, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I agree with you about the tools real quick. I, I, I do yeah, say man. this though. I, I have, I do have one hang up on that expression. You know, the more tools in the that toolkit, is. I'll tell you, here's my hang up. You can give me every yeah, tool man. necessary to build a home and I can't build you a home. This is true. Just having the tools is not the answer. As you know, all too well, you live by this sword. I live by this sword. So you yeah, give me all yeah, the tools man. to fix an engine. I don't know how to fix a car. So when I hear people say, you just want tools in the toolkit. That's stuffing information just for information's sake. Right. So I'm a fan of let's let's master something and then be a jack of everything else. You know, let's king or queen something and then do it. Because yeah. if you take on jack of all trades, master of none, king of none, you know a lot of a little or a little of right. a lot. You know, and right. to me, it doesn't work that way. I don't know. Yeah, you know? no, I but you do need to. Yeah. Spoken like a, a true instructor, man. No, I dig that 100%. And that, ladies and gentlemen, just gives you some insight into the simplicity and effectiveness of what my man's bringing, of what John's bringing to the game. You know, and I agree with you 100%. I have to say it differently. I'd say there are simple, there are certain, well, one, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Leonardo da Vinci, like I want it simple. I want the least amount of joints and failure points on it 100%. And then there are certain competencies competencies that you guys need to master. You need to master one hand to kill, one hand to heal. You need to master saving life and you need to be able to master violence, which is a race to cause catastrophic damage and, or you need to master these two things. There's gray areas in between, right? But on your combative side, it's not just guns, <laughs> guys, girls, are you from know? it. You know, this, this is far from it, you know, and then there's your social dynamics. That's another huge competency, you know, that you can move things in either direction. So, yo, let's get into a little bit of your, a little bit of your huge background with all the experience <laughs> you have. And I'm, 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 before we even start, I'm just telling you, man, like you're a humble guy. I know you're a humble guy. That'll come out in conversation. Let them know who you are. <laughs> you know, all right. it all out. Bro. I have a hard time with that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Now, nah, man. man, you got whatever you need. You're the boss. Appreciate it. So, background, man. How'd you get into combatives? What's your experience level? You know. So, um, growing up with a single mom, dad left when I was like 10, 11. We had no money. Yeah. She's out the door 4 a.m. on a train ride to New York City, getting home at seven at night. Friends of mine were doing karate. Right. This yeah. is. 18, I'll be 40. So it's 30 years ago. And then I was yeah. like, hey, mom, 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 I want to join. We had no transportation, no money, blah, blah, blah. A friend of mine's older brother, very wealthy family, but they still taught them the value of earning their own money, even though they're very wealthy. His older brother yeah. is a older black belt in Taekwondo. And he said, hey, his name was Tony. Tony will give you a lesson two hours for 10 bucks. I was like, mm-hmm. man, I can figure out $10. You know, I can do chores. I can, I'll figure it out. Because 30 yeah. years ago, 10 bucks got you a lot of 50 cent pitchers of beer and 10 cent wings. And, you know, so 10 bucks. Yeah, like, 10 bucks is like 100 bucks <laughs> back then, man. Right. I, you know? So I did one lesson with Tony in his basement doing karate. And he said, I'm going out of town for a week. I'll call you when I get back. And Tony is 5'9, 135, 140. He calls me when he gets back. He's like, Hey, you ready for your second lesson? Let's do it. I go over. And he says, Let's do something different today. Now I'm 6'2, 210. He's 5'9, 135. He said, why don't we wrestle? And I'm like looking at him, looking at my child. So I'm like, oh, hell yeah. 
And yeah, do you want to die in your own home? Like, come on, bro. <laughs> so anyway, he proceeds to treat me like a redheaded stepchild. I get choked, arm. I'm like, what the, what are you doing? He said, he read an article in Playboy magazine when you read the magazines. And the article was the Gracie Challenge. It was the $100,000 challenge by the Gracie brothers. And they said, if anybody can come out and beat us, we'll give you a hundred grand. And if we beat you, we don't have to give you, you don't have to pay us anything. Ultimate marketing nice. dream, right? So, or for, yeah, or for lessons call. So he called, he flew out, he trained with Hicks and Gracie for one week in his garage. After one week, he tuned me up like crazy. He said, we're not doing karate or taekwondo. This is all we're doing. So we were in a basement. Wow. We put couch cushions on the floor. We're hip throwing each other, double legging, arm on the on the carpet. You name it. And it was a finished basement, but it wasn't fun. And just fell in love. Then I went to a seminar in Connecticut. The same seminar first day Matt Sarah went to. So we were mm. in the same seminar. And then I was up at college. He called me up. What are you doing for spring break? Fraternity is going to do what you do in Cancun. He said, "You want to go train with Hoist?" I said, "Yeah." Now this is a year before the UFC ever came out. So he wasn't. Boys Gracie yet. He was just some Brazilian dude. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'm okay. in New York. And so my mom's like, ah, you're joining a cult. What are you doing? You know, yeah, which... you're with these gangsters. Mm -hmm. these Brazilian kind of what gangsters. I did, though, really. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what I did. So mm -hmm. I flew out for spring break. And this was March. And the UFC, first UFC was, I think, November. So then I went back to college. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, UFC comes on, telling all my fraternity brothers, hey, that's the guy I just, now 30 years ago, you don't know anyone in California on TV. Come on, you're in upstate New York. Who do you know from LA? Yes. And he wins UFC. A week later at my house. Nobody still believed me. <clears throat> and he calls. <laughs> and one of my fraternity brothers picks up the phone. Everyone's sipping and, you know, doing what you do. And he's right. just looking like this, like starry-eyed. Like, John, like, we're like, who is it? Was It's Hoist Gracie. I'm like, give me the phone. Now, remember, I knew Hoist a year before he was Hoist Gracie, right? So, to me, right, he's, right. Just he's just Hoist. He's just Hoist. Yeah. Right? So we get on the phone. He's like, hey, now my last name is B-U-R-K-E. So he calls me Berkey. Okay. He didn't know the E was silent. And I wasn't going to tell him. So yeah. I became yeah. Berkey. You'll probably end up picking out. <laughs> you strike me That's as a how you get these oh, call yeah. signs, man. Yeah. So he just said, hey, Horian Grace said you're coming back for a summer internship, like a karate kid thing. And he said, I got a new house. You want to live with me? I was like, are you serious? He said, yeah. So I lived with them. And then I went back for the summer, trained every day, helped them with their law enforcement seminars, helped them with the rape prevention, helped them with seminars on the road, celebrities, et cetera. Got ingratiated big time. Went back the following summer, graduated college a half a year early, moved straight to LA. And then I was like homeless, sleeping in a parking lot with a gun on my head. I didn't even know how to use a gun. You know what I mean? I'm just finding the safest parking lot I could find. And I was yeah. homeless. I had cardboard cutouts in my trunk with my clothes folded. And I would shower at the Gracie Academy and I would eat at the smoothie bar because the Gracie died. And I would just train. And then they finally offered me a job being like the janitor, you know, errand boy. Like anything, the everything, Any, the runner, you anything. know, the shoe shiner, whatever. Yes. You have to do. Yes. So, but back then you're, you're, you're laughing, but that's the truth. I pick up laundry. I, you yeah. name it. I pick up Elio Gracie at the airport, which paid off. I told myself Portuguese. So if we're going to Brazil bar and let me know, I got to protect you. Brazil. Now. Okay. Hey, with I'm the language, down. just with the language, yeah. you got the physical. <laughs> so, but anyway, I just got so much time with them and became part of the team inner circle. Next thing you know, I was his right hand man on his fight teams for pride fighting. I did Gracie challenge matches, but throughout time, special forces groups, different military units, DA, ATF, FBI, um, you know, the teams, CAG, Coronado, they'd all come to Gracie Academy because it was the place, right? And so I got yeah. to meet, start to work with operators and military and law enforcement, LAPD gang unit through the Gracie Academy. 
And it just sort of evolved. Then I was leaving and CAG offered me a contract at Fort Bragg. So I moved straight to Fort Bragg, was training them, members of 82nd, Ranger Battalion, and then 9-11 happened. And all my contracts were revoked because they all got deployed. Except CAG kept their contracts since they're mission specific. So they came. I kept training them. And then a retired guy who was on the Mogadishu operation, uh, Norm Hooten, very good friend of mine for 30 years. He ran the Mogadishu operation. He called me and said, you want a job working with the government? So I started training counter-terrorist training, advanced counter-terrorist Norm Hoot, was was this the guy, the character, the Hoot character? Was this? Yes, sir. That's one of my close friends. (laughs) So the whole team. So those guys, all my students from Mogadishu. Man. The ones that survived, like Rick Kachoch, all these guys, they're all my boys. And to this day, we're all in touch. Rick, one of them has been trying to help me out a lot with your industry as far as training different teams for different people. Um, and they're all, we're all still super tight. Yeah. Great dudes. And so then yeah. he, Norm called me, who called me up and said, Berkey, yeah. <laughs> everyone called me Berkey, Berkey, you want a yeah. job? So I got hired on to be an advanced team leader for counterterrorist training, 30,000 feet for the air marshal program. So they'd go through FLETC, wow. the federal law enforcement training. Then they'd come to SAIC and I was a team leader for hand to hand. So the CAG operators were team leaders for firearms and tactics. Yeah. And I was a team leader and I got another guy on team lead for hand to hand. Wow. And so that's kind of spawning. And then 9-11, then the contract went on that I just didn't want to live in Fayetteville anymore. North Fort Bragg was like, eh. So I moved to Orlando, Florida, opened my gym, and here we are. Boom, man. That is <laughs> yeah. outstanding. The longest part was standing. Yeah, and since then, I've kept in touch with training law enforcement. You know, I've stayed on top of it, but I also yeah. have a local commercial gym right here in Orlando as well. Outstanding, man. I'm proud of you, man. I just, I just love, I love the freaking do whatever it takes stories, man. Like a lot of that stuff is lost. I interviewed, uh, um, he was a guy we worked with in Africa for years on executive protection details, man. And he was our guy. Like every time we would go there and I don't even know how many times we went there, but every time we'd go to South Africa and stuff in Africa, he was our guy. And he, he was like, just our guy. And then I do this podcast with him later on. On. he's doing his own thing down there you know and it comes out during the interview he's like yeah man I, you know i would sleep in my car i was borrowing money so i could get you know to where you guys needed me you know i was like and 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 and, and, and i'm just like sandals we call them sandals man. i'm like sandals bro you could have said one word and you would have been sleeping in the nicest hotels yeah. next to in my room whatever we right. could do right i could have are you and and but but the thing is, man, he was right. willing to do whatever it takes, and he has a whole new life because of it. And like, same thing, you're doing whatever it takes, and now you know, like, you want me to wash the floor? What do you want me to do? You want me to That's throw away the trash? This stuff is lost, and this is some of the magic that helps you create a new reality. That humility, you know, and that servant's heart. This whole like like you know, the ego, man, has to be managed. But like. It can be managed well. If you can take pride in being a good follower and a good servant, a disciplined follower, a disciple, you know, of the things and the people that have what you want, this is really how you can really do some magical stuff in this life. Of service. And yeah, man. Obviously, you're you're absolutely yeah. right. I was a real life karate kid. Like I really was. And I could I could eat up 10 hours making you cry laughing with the hazing I went through by the yeah, grace. I'm sure, boy. I, I mean, I'm sure. talking literally like chasing the kid down the street, holding his gi in hand because always would trick me on the alarms. I'm running in the back of a pickup truck, like 
<laughs> but but you said the best. That's what makes it magical. That's why I I have I'm 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 an abrasive New Yorker, but I've toned it down yeah. tremendously. But I have a hard time yeah. with the participation trophy that everyone needs a hug, the pay for belt promoter. Like I tell everyone, just because your parents pay for a college degree doesn't mean you're going to get the degree. You have yeah. to do the work. You have to yeah. earn the grades. Yeah, but. Nowadays, society, you know, it's changed not to get on that, but I just, so yeah, I did bust my ass. I was selling copiers. I sold sporting goods equipment. I was a waiter at the Cheesecake Factory. And if somebody asked for more dark bread, I'd be like, you just had a loaf. I would get mad because <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, I was yeah. terrible, but I did whatever. I, I got fired a lot, but I did whatever. Yeah. I did. <laughs> this is, this is the struggle, man. People need yeah. to know about it. I love it. Real quick. Let me sure. well, two questions. Yeah. One, do you think Hoot or any of those guys would be down to come on the podcast? I believe so. I believe I could stuff. get either I could get Hoot. I might be able to get cute. One of the guys who was in, if you remember, one of the operators was in the mini bird that went down and yeah. he was pistol fighting his way until his team could save him. I'm super yeah. type of that guy. Yeah. Um, I believe I can. Norm is like the ghost. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But so I believe I can get, yeah. I'm almost positive I can get one of them on for you. I know you're yeah. the ideal. Um, yeah. because even within CAG, he's one of the legends within. Yeah. But I'm yeah. pretty sure I can get I can get you that. I can get you if you want some SEAL guys. I mean, I know you're connected. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, yeah. So but I'm close. I don't know. Everybody one. is, man. The network becomes more valuable the more people we add to it. So, so I can get you, yeah, yeah man, I can help. for sure. That would be amazing just to listen to that story from the mouth and then from you know one of the guys who was there and just to walk through that with them, man. Because yeah. I think that there's just there's just so much value that people can gain from oh. learning and listening to those guys and those experiences. Would you say, so you got into this game, you got into martial arts, the family situation, all that stuff, boom, 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 boom. You started training, you know, folks at the top of the game, uh, which is why I'm really excited for me and you to work together and create some stuff for the EP game. And um, then let's see, what would you say about combatives geared towards the working professional and really kind of the difference between what everyone's watching on UFC and stuff like that. And kind of what you're teaching guys that have to actually work and imply these and, and implement these combatives. Yeah, that's a really good question. Keep, keep in mind, not to you, I said this to your, your listeners, keep in mind, uh, and I said that respectfully because some of them may be very well educated. I don't know, but UFC, they're very talented athletes, but this, this is a sport. Right. This right. has evolved into a sport. My coach, my coach, Royce Gracie, is the only one to have done no weight limits, no time limits, four fights, one night. Like no one before or since has done that. Right. Not in an organized. Because it's fight. crazy. Right? Yeah, I know. Not in a not in an actual sport. Now and it's out in the hood, maybe. Yeah. Or <laughs> at battle back in the Roman Empire or war. Yes. But in a sportive event, right? Like you train, I know you do. Think about how tired you get from grappling a tough dude. Do right. four of those with these coming in hot with no rules, right? So it's evolved. But what happened was because of that and the Dan Severn fight that ran the pay-per-view over, the businessmen said, hey, people were calling for refunds. They had to start implementing rules, time limits. Well, most people don't know why the UFC changed the way it did. And so what happened was the Gracies then sold it off, said, we've done our point. We've marketed our name, our style. Hoist is now Hoist Gracie, blah, blah, the blah. Brand. Yeah, they sold, they sold off UFC. Today, UFC, you've got time to study your opponent. You have rules. You have judges. So far, we have three things we do not have in a real situation. You have weight classes, four things. As I give you details for what the UFC has, those are the polar opposites of what the street does not have, which is why training is even more important. You have the ability to tap out. You have the ability to throw in a towel. 
You have referee or doctor stoppage, right? You have um, bonus checks, which are going to promote certain types of activity. You have fines, which will promote certain types of activity the other direction. You have all these psychological battles going in. And you have time to prepare. As Hoyce used to say, the biggest enemy is not this, it's this, right? Which I'm pointing to my head, the monster we create. With that said, these guys are phenomenal athletes. In real world, you don't have any of that. You're walking down the street, a guy checks you in the shoulder, you turn around. And even my Instagram, right, you can't go (laughs) ding, 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 sub one reload. You can't do that. Or you can, but you go to jail. And then right, you're also right. not all of a sudden at 24 feet apart. So I'm like, are we touching gloves? What are we? No, it's just, <laughs> odd, right. So right. your everyday Joe or Joanne, whether they're <clears throat> working class citizens, as far as in corporate America, whether they're high net worth, high value assets, or just a regular dude like me, learning to protect yourself, you're your first and last line of defense. Even if you call 911, right? Mm-hmm. Cops average response time in certain areas lags, right? It's just different. Yeah, so like, let's just say it's five minutes because it's like the best day of the week, right? That's generous, <laughs> but okay. Right, so, right. Right. So you're your first and last line of defense. So saying, I'll just call the cops or I carry a gun. If you're not trained on how to retain the weapon, how to deal with malfunctions, how if the weapon gets taken, if you're not trained in all that stuff, you're failing. You're just carrying a gun for the other guy. You're a liability. (laughs) You're a liability. You're carrying a gun for me. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, if you're not trained, but everybody doesn't realize you can't go to the gun first either. Hand to hand is 99% of the time what happens first. Now, the escalation could be a beeline rocket ship or it could be a gradual escalation, as you know. But UFC versus reality, when people say, uh, or you get women to say, well, my husband's former Marine. My husband's Byron yeah. Rogers. And I would say to that, your wife, I'd say, that's that, incredible. I'd love to meet really the guy and work. Cool. But is but, Byron with you right now? Right. Is Byron <laughs> with you at the grocery store? Is Byron, when yeah. he's working details, because the world knows that Byron's not home a lot, is Byron yeah. with you? So that's how I talk to women. Oh, I live in a gated, I can tell you every excuse I hear about why not to train hand to hand. Or I'll just buy a gun. I have a gun, you know, so it is different. Everybody should learn to protect themselves because relying on someone else to protect you is like relying on someone else to feed you. Right. So I just teach people to fish. Yeah, man. No, it's the truth, dude. I always say protection is the one skill that protects that allows you to maintain everything you love. Everything you love, Amen. everything hinges on this one skill. You want your life, you better learn how to eat and get food. You have to do it. Like, like right. protection's a little more like an insurance policy, right? But if you ever need a parachute, homie, you need a parachute. Nothing mm. else will work. It's irrelevant <laughs> at that point, right? So, You're right. Yeah, and here's the thing it. too. And I mean, somebody not like you maybe, but even, even federal agents, like when they travel, let's say international mission status, when they land on checkpoint, they have to they have to check their weapons on foreign soil, mm. all hand to hand. When you're in the terminal, even if you're the hottest gun guy, in the, a JJ Rikaza, right? Mm. He still, when he goes to travel to a competition, unless he's, he has to check his weapons. What right. if he gets an unruly fan? Does he? I'm not saying he doesn't. I know nothing about JJ. I just picked the one of the big shooters that I know. Yeah. What does he know how to protect himself without his force multiplier, without his edge weapon? Right. Right. So I teach from zero, literally empty hand all the way up and how to blend the skill sets as well for offensive, defensive, but more so from situational extraction. Get yourself out of that situation as fast as possible. Nice. And that's and that mission suits all 
civilian protectors and especially uh, private security professionals like myself, you know, that is our mission set. It's not, I don't want to roll around with you. I don't want to get locked up with you. I want to leave. You can call me all the names, you know, all the stuff. Like I want to leave, get my principal to a safe place and um, protect the mission. So no, that's awesome. That's why I really love the stuff you're doing real quick. Let's switch gears and let's do a real quick little tactical protection review, man. I got a little, I got a flick here. We're going to run through. It's like a 30 second, Oh, uh, throw me on the 30 spot. Second I love stuff. This is like thrive. All right. Oh. Jobs here. Okay. <clears throat> we clearly have no audible, but I can tell you right now there's zero communication just by watching. Yep. There's no tactile approach versus controlling the limbs or how to address. The fact that that one guy on the far left and the other two officers tried to engage, it became a stack line, so which was good for the suspect. Obviously, you got three people in the same spot. If this guy just put open fire, he's got three dead cops. They took zero tactical. Okay, so I'm okay, just talking. Okay, so yeah, all right. I'm so. not as smooth as you, right? So I don't have controls <laughs> either. I'll no, yeah, you. I have the controls, unfortunately. Right. Okay, so send it from the beginning, man. Once you start saying something, I will. I'll stop. Yeah. Pause. Boom. Okay. So from right there, for example, suspect on the ground, you got an officer on our left facing screen, what I call the catcher's position, even though the knees are on the ground. Yep. You got officer standing top right, reaching behind him, probably for cuffs, if I had to guess, but maybe a flex cuff. I can't tell what's on his belt and how it's set up. Third yeah. officer is not even in the picture. That's a problem, which means first officer and the catcher position shielding him. Suspects on the ground, mm-hmm. flying legs, grappling, which this now falls under is 95% hips right. and legs. If you don't get some type of, I don't like to say control, but manipulation over the lower body, the suspect or whoever it is still has a great opportunity to fight. It looks like he might be reaching for a tase. I can't tell. He's reaching behind. So maybe it's some type of of a spray. And now the guy circles out because freeze. So facing screen guy off the side of the mirror officer facing down with that we can see his chest. He had zero ability to manipulate the joints, which allowed the suspect to spin to his right. If you see the suspect, it's up to his right. And coming up to the right, boom, he's already turning. So the other officer there, instead of reaching for whatever he's reaching for, because the suspect is clearly more engaged in the hand-to-hand, officer should have taken both hands, gone to a more secure position. Like, for example, I teach neon belly for tactical position for both EP as well as law enforcement. Nice. You know what I mean? Get the weight on the center of gravity on the core. So suspect right. at least is staying on the ground, but it's almost like they're afraid they back off. If you watch their body postures, when the guy, it's yeah. the guy on the left is already sitting upright. Look at him. He's yep. upright. The other guy's behind way. him. The other guys. So it's almost like he's trying to back away. He's in that, that hollowed out kind of posture. It's hard to tell, but this is what I do, right? He's all so, the way out here, yeah. Yeah, so one guy's holding a wrist. You have no leverage at the wrist, actually. You have zero leverage that way. So all the strength is near the guy's torso. So this is going on for far too long. They're, <laughs> yeah. not, engage- they're not engaging. The guy's changing his position. And now that I see a third head on the bottom right leg by the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, yeah there's, yep. there's someone under there. There's someone in there. Like, where did you just come from? That's what I mean, like. So it shows you someone was trying to get the legs is now what I'm seeing. And you had two officers on the upper body. Mm -hmm. The reason this fell apart is twofold. Lack of training on the officers and lack of communication. Because even with lack of training, if you're communicating the whole time, hey, hey, get that leg. Watch out his right hand. And at least you're speaking to each other. 
I can tell you they didn't talk to each other and the training is definitely compromised. And the yeah. suspect wants out more than they want to apprehend. Yeah, they're being too. Yeah. And, and a lot of this, you know, in my opinion, too, comes from a lack of experience being physical. You know, yeah. these guys, in my opinion, were hesitating to get up. One guy dove in. And the other guys are trying to keep everything out here at an arm's distance where you're just not that strong and all that no stuff. Leverage. Yeah. And they're looking for their tools. If they start getting bodies on him, they can start doing a lot more, but that's, that's your round. <laughs> no, but you're right. And I mean, then they're getting right now from here, the fact he's able to just get into a car, let's keep that going. So he opens his door. Yeah. Officer should have this officer right here, instead of reaching through the window. Oh my God, the danger he puts himself in. You have another officer approach. Now, the front officer, the big guy with his back to us on the left of our screen off the side of your mirror, takes zero tactical approach. He's actually useless standing in the direct line of sight behind his partner here. He's useless. Yeah. He has it's no one man way. right now. That's yeah. one man right now. Yeah. And the guy here, look, he's just moseying. He still doesn't have a weapon deployed off the back tailgate. He's got oh, nothing. Right. Like, And the other guy just fighting his way out of it. And they're just trying to kind of like hold him. Where, where did this take place? Do you know? I, I don't know anything else about this. My man, and you're, I mean, it, it does kill me. So it's, and this honestly, I don't know, man. I, when I look at this guy, he looks like he's psychologically defeated just by his yep. body language. Yeah. Uh, he, he got pretty much owned and left and I'm going to chalk that up to physical fitness. Fitness. And, yep. and this also comes, you know, this is why we say it's more than just a job, your habits, you know, the amount of intensity and the duration of intensity that you can bring to something like this. He's getting up on in the corner, one, one knee at a time. Uh -huh. Physical fitness is an issue. My man back. At the end here, he did take it. He got he got owned and thrown to the ground like a rag doll. You can see he's demoralized, just by the way. He's which means now look, look, yeah, roll that back. When he got dropped, which tells you he has zero base or balance in a combative situation. And right. most, most when I go teach most seminars and I say let's review mm -hmm. footwork, most of the guys get mad at me. Oh, we know footwork, we know footwork. Okay. And then we get into the combatives and they fall like that. So you see how he's right. walking up very casually. Yeah. You just have what was considered lethal force in law enforcement, and no weapon is deployed. Not that they should deploy and use a weapon, but I'm just saying, no weapons right. deployed. Have the casual posture of this big officer, the casual approach from the rear tailgate, and the guy's reaching through the window. Yeah. And then, Look at and then we get one. Yeah, we do get some tasers on on target, but yeah, man, overall, and you know, I, I do, you know, I do these videos with respect to the guys that are out there in the field, of you know, it's, uh, I wasn't there. You guys were there. Um, uh, you know, obviously we try to protect your identities and all that stuff, but we got to learn from these things so they don't happen. Fortunately, this event, in my opinion, went well. And the fact that none of them got murdered out there on the yep. streets like 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 it went horrible. yeah but there but there's but the fact that that you know it didn't go get worse that this guy didn't have lethal intent that he just wanted to get away i believe these guys were blessed man um, now, well sorry byron but you're right now, i, I could not agree with you more now look you've got three guys almost looking at a car like it's almost like they're admiring a car look at their posture <laughs> they're, it's almost like damn look at that ferrari drive by and i'm yeah, not trying well, to like I respect yeah. the law enforcement industry tremendously, but the frustration I have in my voice is yeah. I have solutions. These gentlemen could be so much more effectively trained with very minimal time added. Mm -hmm. And everybody worries, oh, we don't have the time. But tell you what, they have the time when it's time to qual for shooting. Why is there not hand-to-hand -hand qual fitness? And I've developed a streamlined hand-to-hand -hand system for everyone. Nice. Nice. I love it. And let's get into that, man. So 
let's talk a little bit about that system. Fired up. <laughs> uh, P4 101, man. So let's break, break the system out for everybody. Okay. So my P4 tactical program is all about my four principles of planning, preparing, so that you can prevent, and if it goes south, prevail. Nice. Or really, prevail is a win, you go home safely, okay? Mm-hmm. Whether it turns physical or not. And utilizing, it's a program that utilizes general concepts and principles versus tons of multi-step techniques. And so, for example, if my hands represent people, and you have a bad guy and a good guy, and the good guy, the bad guy's behind the good guy's back. Everyone in the world knows, don't let them get behind your back. So what mm-hmm. do you do? Turn around. That's mm-hmm. a general principle, concept, or solution. Right. A technical answer is, is the bad guy off your left side, your right side, or dead center? <laughs> well, yeah. why? Well, yeah. because now I got to figure out which tactics. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you remember that under stress and pressure of a real-life situation, whether it's a street fight or a police officer or protecting your prince, very difficult because of the OODA loop, right? So what I talk about is a general concept of principle and it's hard to get into digitally without you literally, right? But it's all about getting through the space of the arm and the body. And then the world's your oyster, which officers have been doing since the beginning of time. Military guys, TAC units, they cuff them up. It's at the shoulder joint, the arm goes behind mm-hmm. the back, not at the elbow. And so mm-hmm. it's a principle-based program. It integrates with all current skill sets, nice. weapons, in- weapons included. It's all of, yep. Yeah. So whether your weapons are deployed, primary, secondary weapons, or you're just kitted out and you're standing on detail, somebody reaches for your weapon, my program falls under the umbrella of one concept, which is shoot the triangle. And I don't mean okay. shoot, I mean attack through the triangle physically which is from your mm-hmm. wrist to your armpit to your hip. So I'll mm-hmm. see if I can. So if I stood up kind of yeah. natural, I don't know if this is work, but from my wrist to my armpit to my hip, you see the triangle? Well, I'm yep. broken up. It's not a clean mm-hmm. triangle. But <laughs> if, <that's right. laughs> if I put my hands on my hips, there's a triangle. Yeah. If right. I'm reaching appendix, triangle, hands in pockets, triangle, hand behind the back, triangle, reaching, triangle, tough guy, triangle. And if there's right. no triangle, I teach officers how to create one. And once you get through mm-hmm. the triangle, I teach them how to manipulate the elbow and shoulder and secure the suspect. And if it falls apart, follow right. the current protocol, disengage, deploy if necessary, disengage, make the call, take whatever you do already. Mm-hmm. So my program meets all legal requirements, does not yeah. even address. The neck. We don't. And I've been saying you don't need the neck since way before George Floyd. For ten years, I've been saying you don't need the neck. It's a nice yeah. bonus to have, but you don't need the neck, right? You don't need it. And so it keeps everyone safe, reduces liability. I even develop its own language. So, for example, somebody like yourself who's got his own AP team or teams, yeah. you guys already have your own comm systems. Now, if you have your own comm right. lingo, let's say you all spoke Portuguese, right? Your average Joe, unless they were Brazilian, wouldn't really know how to communicate with what you're attempting to do. So I developed my own DT language Mm -hmm. so that if we're coaching each other, we're on a joint task force apprehension, or you and I are trying to handle this guy who's attacking You and I speak code words, and we know exactly what it means and hit it. And then we have a digital component training system (laughs) to go along with it. And it's a trackable system. It's a fixed learning path. We have a minimum. You have to score a minimum of 90% on your written tests on our program before you can advance. Nice. And then people like yourself, any of the chiefs, sheriffs, you name it, can use it 
as mm-hmm. both preventative measure to reduce liability of maybe officers who aren't getting enough training. We can up their training digitally. Mm-hmm. And then also say, hey, look at Byron. He's spending this much time on the portal. Let's uh, let's promote him or what have you. And you can also see which officers have uh, more lean towards more violence, which don't. So my whole interactive system really is really powerful. Very man. powerful as far as reporting and tracking officers training outstanding man that is really cool just to get those analytics out of your out of your 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 you know your employee the guys you're training the the what part is the online training like how does it is it teach the actual shoot the triangle all the whole entire system there it's full instructional so one of the pet peeves i've had yeah. about watching instructional videos forever since youtube mm-hmm. came out was <clears throat> i yeah. find instructors there's a million great instructors but right. I find that instructors will either, let's say it's an 11 minute instructional video. They'll talk for the first six, seven minutes before they even explain or demo rep. So before they get to the right. problem, they're talking. They oh, banter. Yeah. Then they finally explain the problem. Then they banter some more. Then they show maybe one rep. Then it's banter and the video's over. And I'm like, wait, I want to see the reps again. Right, right. So what I did in my yeah. program was I took my exact curriculum mm-hmm. and I made sure every video was under five minutes under okay. five minutes with full instruction on screen graphics cues arrows like full breakdowns as well as four reps per technique or per solution three normal speed reps one slow motion rep mm. everything about my program so it forces you to start from hey everybody here's day one minute one hour one all the mm. way up to you understand the system you've completed the cycle you've passed all the tests now it's open training but they have a fixed learning path they have to learn it in a very specific way because it's what resonates best with brain apprehension and comprehension and then the ability to regurgitate the information because i tell everyone when you're relaxed when you know you have a simple answer it's easier to stay relaxed and when you're relaxed three things need to happen in a fight or in a combative situation stay relaxed for information recall and information execution. Knowing all the stuff in the world is irrelevant if you freak out, right? If you can't stay calm and relaxed, the training is irrelevant, goes right out the window, turns into fight or flight, you know? So it's all based on a principle, which is easier to remember under stress and pressure. That is, it says a lot about you being an instructor, man, because that's that's an intelligence right there that uh, I find a lot of guys, you know, that maybe have a tab that are like, I'm going to be an instructor or like, you know, that that might have the pedigree and may be able to do the deed. A lot of the actual learning, the, the, the how to get a human to learn stuff is missing from a lot of those brands. That makes you much more of a force multiplier. I really dig the um, the communication thing, man. I have experienced it and seen it, man. Teams that communicate better performed way, way, way better. When I was in high school playing 6A ball, we had a whole bunch of plays we had to memorize. You know, me, I'm dyslexic and all the stuff, so I'm not going to memorize 50-some plays in high school. So I came up with a language for the team, We and we ended up going to state and doing the best that the school had ever done like that. You guys know we're doing CQB, we're communicating. We're moving principles, we're communicating. Why are we not communicating in a hand-to-hand hand, in a, in a hand situation? And yeah, most of the yeah, most of the time, sorry, most of the time, everyone spends 99% of their training on 1%, the firearms, mm-hmm. meaning there's a 1% chance that firearms are ever going to get deployed, let alone discharge rounds. 1%. Right, chance. right. There's a 99% chance, even for you, that you're going hands-on if it escalates first. 
it's verbal yeah. always first, right? It's the, it's the right. in the awareness space, the verb. But, and then they spend 1% training for the 99% cause, which is hand to hand. And so sadly, a lot of officers have never even been hit in the face until they get on the job, right? Right. And that, yeah. you know, as, as the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you say, like, take a black belt, punch him in the face, becomes a brown belt real quick, you know, <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> if you're not used to getting hit and dealing with that violence coming at you, everything else on you becomes a weapon for them. Right. 100%. So, the, the, you know, the cognitive dissonance that comes from experiencing something that, like this. Huge. <laughs> so, yeah. And so this, this hands-off attitude of, I'm with my husband, I'll call the police or police officers. I say they're the biggest gang in the world, right? You have yeah. local city, county, town, state, oh, yeah. federal airport, Interpol, federal airport, right? Right. But what happens for the officer who's off the job, who arrested mm -hmm. me for something? And of course, yeah. I'm innocent because no criminal did the crime. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm in jail. I call it, I'm in gym, but I'm in jail working out every day, seeing the officer's face in my head. And that officer, right. to him, I'm just some random scumbag number. Right. Fast forward 18 months, I get out. Officers long forgotten about that apprehension, but I haven't. Now I see you with your daughter at Walmart and you're by yourself. You don't have your friends. You can't right. just deploy your weapon. Right. Now, now what do you do? Most people neglect hand-to-hand -hand also because you got to get some bumps and bruises, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. Hand-to-hand, yeah, -hand no. but in my hand-to-hand -hand course, since I stress that we're training partners, not training opponents, because I also have a hard time swallowing this pressure test pill that everyone seems to be pushing out there, Okay, is if we're training partners, no one should get hurt. We're there to get educated. 100%. We can safely work drills and safely work scenario-based training where no one needs to, has to, should get hurt. In my world, 95 to 98% of the injuries are self-induced. Somebody went too hard by choice, they, their ego. Mm -hmm. They wanted to yep. see if the move really worked. You know the deal. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, so training opponents is not it. We're training partners. So my courses, I pride myself on saying no one has ever been hurt in my course, not to my knowledge, other than maybe their wow. feelings. <laughs> good good we don't care about you know, right right and <laughs> no, pressure testing things like that is where you get hurt blower the blower right. suit which is an awesome suit but that gives a false sense of things too like i could go on but wouldn't want to bore you with my education as far as that goes i just feel like like you put on a padded suit and you tell me to execute my techniques which include let's just say you're going to tackle me i'm making this up i'm more tied to back your neck i'm throwing knees to your sternum okay well that's great but you're in a suit a padded pillow you're going to keep coming at me, right? Because you're not really absorbing yeah, the knees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so you're just being the work. Let me give somebody a nice, solid Muay Thai knee to the sternum. Let's see if they keep coming at me. So now, <laughs> now creates doubt into that person who's executing the techniques, but the person wearing the pads is still pressing forward. Right. So it creates right. doubt on the application of the technique. The person who is being the bad guy wearing the suit is not playing the role properly because the person out there who on the streets used to getting just tie kicked in the leg or a knee in the stomach or a shoulder lock, nobody. But when you have all this protection on, it's easy. So when you do things like that, it, it you know, or pressure testing, people get hurt. So mm -hmm. if people put me and you in the, in the ring and they, well, let's say we're teaching a class. And they, yeah. hand you a shock, and they hand you a shock knife and say, John, use your P4 system to disarm Byron and get the shock knife. Yeah. And I'm going to here's what I do is I'm sorry, I can't. Mm -hmm. You're the man and you can, of course not. 
He knows what I'm doing. I just spent the day teaching it to him or you were teaching it to all of us. So Byron is not going to attack me like said person on the street. Byron's going to attack me only to defend against my option. Mm-hmm. So keep your army tight. You're going to do these little cuts. You're going to keep yeah. me away. It's not real. It's not a true pressure test. You're now training against a system or a technique or a position or a principle versus what said terrorist threat attitude crazy dude would do. They come at you like that. That's why these exist. Mm -hmm. So pressure testing is also tricky too. It can create a false sense of, you know, how good or bad you are. And people get misled by that. I've seen that too many times. People get misled by pressure testing. Interesting. So. And it creates a risk of opportunity to injure somebody, right? Absolutely. Um, I've heard it said though, that like, I don't know, usually from your boys from the jujitsu guys like if it can't be tested at speed and the results can't be replicated um like it's difficult to know that you can depend on it in a real life encounter something along those lines is what you know a lot of the you know oh there's 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 martial arts that are uh theoretically you know like i'll do the crane beak and the thing and the thing i'll, pull, I'll gouge his eyes i'll gouge his eyes right. gouge someone's eye out like you have any idea like that's what really ex- doing dude um so what would you say to people that are like well like how can we test this uh amongst each other to know that it works and things like that when it comes to your system this great is, question i'm asking so for I, ignorance yeah yeah so what no 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 what i, I think that's right. I do a safe and some people might scoff at it, but until you get on the mat room with me and take how I do my pressure testing, yeah. hold, the scoff, hold the scoffs, right? So what I do is let's say you're blindfolded. I'm your aggressor. Okay. No tricks. I reach for your gun. You got to respond. I come at you, you got to respond. I do a sensitivity field test. Take away the vision, right? Dials you more into the mechanics of the body, right? A lot of people don't do this. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I can't obviously throw a sucker punch at you if you're blind. Of course. Yeah. I'll give a little bit of intensity, a little of the intention. I give yeah. as much resistance as I want you to know, like keeping your base and all that. Yeah. But what I say to people is it's more important that you have the education down and you rep it over, over and over and over again. For example, do you shoot yeah. human beings to know what it really feels like to shoot a person? Yeah, I knew you were gonna like that one. No, I got any <laughs> anything yeah, yeah, wants to play like, with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing so, it for a while. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you just know it's the motions that matter. It's the cellular memory, not muscle memory. If you held your arm up right now like this, Brian, I know you're a big mofo. Your I'm muscle's right. not gonna just be like this, but you gotta yeah. tell your bicep to flex, right? Don't yeah. show that. No, 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 that was small and embarrassing. But, <laughs> no, you know what yeah. I mean? So muscle yeah. memory to me is not where we want to get to. So I focus more on sensitivity and repetition because it's got to become cellular memory. I work on your brain, not your mind. Your brain closes your eyes when you sneeze. Your mind, like mine, might say, keep them open, keep them open. You can't, your brain's like, I got this. So the way yeah. I pressure test is I build such a repetition based through sensitivity training, working different senses. It's hard to explain without doing yeah where it's so ingrained in you nobody has to tell you that if a kid runs in front of your car to hit the brake right because you know if it's anything other than a go it's brake a stop sign a red light a car a per so but through repetition so that's kind of how i do it i think pressure testing yeah like okay in gracie jiu-jitsu which i'm hoist gracie's first black belt i swear by that i feed my kids off great i love Gracie. so i swear by Right. So you do a pressure test and you catch them and you do a rear naked choke. 
is that truly a pressure test? Because that person said, but I'd have a weapon on me and I would have pulled my knife when you're mounted on me and I would have stabbed you in your ribs. So somebody can just keep arguing and arguing. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, you know, the only true pressure test is, I hate to say it, but if you experience it out there. Yeah, 100%. Uh, through multiple repetitions, you'll do it correctly. Yeah, when you need it. Like, that's, that's, oh, I reverted to my training. Like, that stuff happens. Like, boom, explosion goes. You start rolling with the boys and you're doing what you're doing and you know what you're doing because you've, because you've reps, reps, reps. It's in that back, rear, subconscious, you know, unconscious yep. almost if you're right. good. You know, yes. um, what would you say about, you want that unconscious competence with this stuff. What would you say about, um, is the P, for uh system applicable to like the executive protection mission is it primarily law enforcement is it uh or would it be a different type of system for the executive protection industry so what it it's completely 100 applicable to anybody in the protection industry right and, nice. and when i talk to people i say leo slash mill slash ep okay yeah nice. i do not teach it to the civilian based community. So I've also kept the information proprietary. You nice. can't go on YouTube or go anywhere and see my stuff. Now I'm not saying I came up with a new arm lock or a, that's been around since the Roman Coliseum. That's not what I did. Right. How I've put it together, my principles that I teach, the solutions and concepts, the presentation that I don't share with anybody other than those that directly hire me. I don't allow filming. I don't allow right. anything else potential logins with tracked IP addresses, because I'm on the good guy side. If you look now, anybody, if you're bored, go to YouTube, type in rear naked choke and look how many yeah. response 50, 60, 80,000, a yeah. criminal can walk into a public library, yeah. on YouTube, how to do an armbar choke, shoot a gun, you name it, and yeah. be a, a, a probable threat for said officer EP guy. Yeah. Because it's free information at this point. Oh, this is this so, is the race. This is the I it's kept, it's like an arms race. It's like the dang race to the moon, man. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so unless you are working with me and my system, you do not understand it. You don't know it. I'm not saying it's this magical thing. No, but I'm not openly sharing it with anyone other than those in the protective services. And I refuse. That so you have the advantage. Yeah. 100%. No, that's really, really good. Really, really important. I absolutely love that. Do you remember back in the day, real quick, the WWE when people were jumping off the roofs and banging on, you know, the backyard, oh, yeah, man, you don't yeah. want it to be right. Don't tell me you did it. You probably did it. Right? No, I didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? I might have broke down. <laughs> I may have been to some backyard parties back in the day, All right. know, but I cannot but, confirm nor deny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> deny, 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 make counter accusations. So, right. you know, people are doing that with MMA, UFC. Look at Kimbo yeah. Slice in Miami back in that day, right? Masvidal. They all came up yeah. in the 305 doing that. So my point is being able to throw hands, being able to know some fundamental wrestling or grab, anybody can catch that. Yep. The difference what separates the EP guys, the Leos and the Mill is the tactical approach to the hand-to-hand -hand training and execution. That's the biggest difference. Yeah. To me, that's what gives me Right. So the yeah. advantage comes up here. And that's what I stress the mind training, the way I teach my class. 
hundred percent, man. It's the difference of when we're, you know, you're rolling and you see Mujahideen, you see the Haji Bob, you know, right. Right. Versus the guys that are just, and we're just sitting there like, are they serious right now? This is kind of sad, man. And we're like, you know, and you're like, that's the difference, man. You're like, golly, they don't know what they're doing. And they're playing high stakes games right now. You know? Yeah. Um, That's the advantage we want to have, man. I love that. Have you had any, you know, like real world feedback of scenarios where this stuff has really helped folks? Yeah. Yeah. I've had a handful. Um, I don't blow up my numbers. I don't make up garbage. No, I've had a handful. I would say close to a dozen maybe. And I've trained hundreds or thousands of officers and others. I've had that I know about. I've had about a dozen tell me how one guy was on a domestic call. He had just done the two day course with me and he was on a domestic call. And the husband started leaning onto the table and he didn't know if he's reaching, but on that lean, there's a perfect triangle. He's like, John, I just heard you say, shoot the triangle. He's like, shoot the triangle. He said, right. that guy responded. Cause I also teach about human nature, psychology. of nice. class. So like I said, the tactical edge is what matters. So he said, yeah. I knew he was going to respond the way he said, based on the way the body was, I saw it in the classroom and I hit it and I got him down. My partner got him down. We cuffed him up. I had another guy tell me he did a I also teach vehicle extraction, right? So okay. another guy told me he used it on a vehicle extraction technique, which slowed the tempo down, got the suspect out very safely. No one was hurt. No, nothing had to happen, you know, and I've had a handful of officers tell me how they use it. One had to use it on a mentally disturbed patient. One had to yeah. use it on a threatening to pull out a knife, but never did. And a couple others were just like, Oh yeah, I took a guy down, crackhead down. I did this, I did that. But yeah. you know, um, but again, what they, yeah. And what they like about it is I keep you tactically safe. I do not right. teach officers, EP guys, anybody to engage in a ground battle, even though I'm a ground guy. Right. There's Good. a difference in a one-on-one fight or sport fight or real world. And so I take that, approach. take that approach. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things I've been looking, looking for and looking at when it comes to combatants for executive protection, we want to leave, man. We want to get out of that situation. We don't want to detain the person for an extended period of time. We may need to control them momentarily um, and, and, and then get out of there, you know, um, if it's a citizen's arrest or whatever at the most, but that's the mission, man. So that's great to hear you say that. I'm, 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 I'm excited. What would you oh. say about the, uh, yeah, man, boom <laughs> i love it man what would you say about the the no retrains man i saw that on your website um, what do you mean the no, no retrains that might be so so where's that from how soon do people have to like refresh on this course how oh soon? okay i got you i'm sorry i wasn't following so i do if you do a certification where you get certified yeah. then it's do a certification is good for a year i feel 12 months good. is a fair amount of time um, I feel the ones that do two, three, four, that's ridiculous. Right. And yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's perish. We know it's like a new car. The minute that class stops, you drive off the lot depreciation starts unless you stay on it, which is also why I built the digital portal as both supplementary training or it yeah. can be used as continuing education or it can be used as advanced education. For example, you're going to bring me in. I'm making this up to do a course, three day course for yeah. whoever in three months. You say, John, I want everyone to be way ahead of the curve. What do we do? Sign up, everyone gets access to the portal for three months and they've got to go on the fix. So when I get there, it's like the team yeah. preps the patient, the surgeon walks in and cuts. We can do it that way. You can do it in conjunction with, you can do it as post-continuing education. And then also through that program, we're going to be doing live DT webcast discussing the program, breaking it down. I am having trouble. It's it's an inner 
law enforcement community where like your team would be in one area, your team can talk, you have notes on videos that help you refer, like it's your own study guide for DT. I built my own wow. dry fire program for it. Wow. Like, you know, so if you're dry firing, the brain doesn't know if you're really doing a real reload because there's a real problem and really shooting around where you're just replicating right. them. So I built that for my hand-to-hand -hand program. You can't dry fire any other program. I built a dry fire program. And man. here's the here's the catch of the program, which is gonna really, I already see, man, I see inside your eyes. I love that the wheel. <laughs> yeah, now I get yeah, to be excited. But... Here's the hook. I do two things in my courses. I prove that you can't make a mistake, that no matter what, the triangle's always available. It's sick. Wait till you see that, which means you might go one way and you go, oh, shoot. You just go the other way. It's always correct. And wow. I ask everybody who pays for the course, I yeah. give a money back guarantee. I say by the first break at the four hour mark, if I can't prove to you, you know how to handle every single self-defense situation in the world with or without weapons involved within reach, of course. Yeah, yeah. I see the bullshit card. I'll give you your money back. I'll bring your issues to back home to Florida. I'll go back to my laboratory and I'll re-strengthen. And I've done that every course last three years. There has not been one refund. Now everyone goes like this at the end of four hours. I said, was I right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, hard yeah. to, I know you're like, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounds that's salesy, right. <laughs> With those eyes. it sounds no, salesy, no, no. but somebody like you, I could take you yeah, with yeah. your athletic skills, your training, your background, being military. I could take you in 30 minutes. I could get you dialed in where I'll say, now watch, I'm going to grab you this way, execute, boom, boom, boom. And you're going to go, oh my God, boom, 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 boom. You just don't know that you know how to handle it yet. Then I, so I'm giving you letters of an yeah. alphabet. Right. English language is 26 letters. You can make over a million right. words. So I give you my letters right. and then I say, build your language. Yeah. Ah, man. My it's man. too easy. Everybody who does it, I'm so telling you, about it. everybody yeah. who yeah. does it, they say, where were you when? How come you're yeah. so I'm yeah. so tired yeah. of being undiscovered. I need your help. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, we're doing it right now, man. No. And that's the thing that always gets me because I, for me, it always just made sense the same way. Like all I've ever wanted with my guys, whether it was in the Marine Corps, where I was a squad leader or uh, building teams out here, it's always been like, I want to make you a decision maker. That's what I want to make. I'm going to give you principles. Yeah, we can get into tactics, but situation dictates tactics. If you have principles, you can deal with anything. And so everything I teach is principle-based. And that's the feedback I get from my school. They're like, I know what to do here because you you've given me these principles that I can rely on. You know, when I do my tactical protection reviews you'll hear me talk about principles to help govern you know and and the tactics come second and it always kills me when i see these guys coming up with these complicated 18 move like tactics if, if the guy moves this way if the sun's at, at, at this level yeah, when the thing the grass the thing, has got to be this then you do this move and, the, yeah. and i'm like sitting there like man come on no one's gonna remember that man you gotta teach this nope. to the c students bro um right. so which is everybody, man. Simplicity, so, simplicity, simplicity. I got to, you know how many competencies I have to have in order to be effective at this? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, mean, I, I got to know guns. I got to know medicine. I got to know a little bit about physics. I got driving, land nav. Yeah, yeah like, exactly, man. I, I'm managing my health the same time. IT, like, on, comms, right? Yeah. Right? Exactly. yeah. yeah. You're so a babysitter. Like, you got to manage your people. Yes. 100%, man. So I, I love that. I love the way you're teaching. I love the way that you're anchoring it to people. Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Under this stress and pressure, stuff. you're going to remember the basics over anything sexy. 
Yes. And your baseline of performance, man. And what would you say is the hardest thing you've learned during your time uh, in the field, teaching people and doing this type of work? The hardest uh, lesson. Two, two things, both uh, as an instructor and student, patience hmm. and changing this book. This gets everyone changing my John Burke, my personal definition of the word surrender. Here's hmm. what I mean. In my world, as an athlete, I know you got it right away. As an no, athlete, no, I mean, I, I love uh, the depth, man. I love the well, depth. I I'm, like these I'm not guys. Just looks, the, the double, the, the double threat. When you when you meet a guy, he's physically dangerous, but he's just he's worse psychologically, and and spiritually and mentally. Like like because like people look at us and like, oh yeah, they're barbarians and stuff. But like you only see like ten percent of me. Like realistic, what's in here and in here, that's really where we excel. You know. So I love, mm. I love, I'm I love. It. So no, I love, that's cool. So I, so I had to change my definition of the word surrender. And here's what I mean. I was a competitive athlete up until the age of 18, thinking I was going to be in the NBA. Clearly I'm not. Right. <laughs> so surrender means you lost. Right. Then I went into fighting. Right. Met the Gracies before the UFC. Surrender means you fail, you quit, you lost, you got beat, you suck, go home, blah, blah. What I learned is tactically surrendering learned. I changed my definition to I'm learning to allow, to flow, to yeah. go with. Yeah to adjust mm-hmm. on the fly, whatever words yeah. you want to use. I mean, so I yeah. went from looking at surrender as a bad negative. I'm failing. Like if you're coming at me and you're taking me down, if I fight it, you're clearly bigger and showing me you're going to win. Right. I didn't surrender. I, oh, and then right. I, oh, I felt like I got to, if I go yeah. with it, I'll hit the ground, yeah, throw yeah. the hook, hit the sweep. Now I'm on top. Right. Right. So right. by learning to flow and allow, even from more of the tactical, my own firearms training got better. My parenting yeah. got better. My husband yeah. got better. But my program that I teach, and I stress that because here's the biggest issue, which ties into this one piece. Mm. The biggest issue I think people experience in learning hand to hand or executing it is the word control. Okay. You can't control another human being, but you can manipulate, manage, mitigate. Yeah. You can't control. If you are escorting me somewhere, mm. if I can still move, you don't have control. You have guidance, you have manipulation, you have management, you have intentional yeah. coordination, but control. So what happens is when people aren't very savvy with hand to hand, any move their opponent makes, they try to stop those movements and they spend the whole time on call chasing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And it looks energy and, and, and choppy and it's injury and, yeah. and your fuel tank goes like this. And yeah. with no fuel in the tank, doesn't matter who you are, we're in trouble. So I teach right. my officers from surrender, surrender control and be a surfer, be a GPS, track yeah. your opponent and your suspect. Like that video we looked at, they were in yeah. tracking. If the guy moved his arms, they jumped on his arms. The guy flailed right. his legs, they tried to get his legs. That's a right. perfect example of if you try to control someone, you yeah. are going to struggle way harder, both literally, physically, as well as mentally and tactically. Yeah. than if you step back a little bit, not literally, but zoom out of here, yeah. don't try to manage every movement and just yet yeah, breathe stay oodaloo, grounded and, and just say, what's the principle? Bad guys reaching. Is there anything he's reaching for in the open concrete? Yeah. No. So let his arm go. Yeah. Right. Things like that. But again, Block training in the law enforcement world. I don't know how the EP world is and the military, but block training, they only get hand-to-hand training at best two to six, eight hours, one time, maybe once a year, most or every other year. Your average martial artist trains two hours a week. Mm -hmm. So let's go with eight hours. Let's say a police department trains eight hours, hand-to-hand block training. Yeah. Martial artists is 52 weeks near times two. That's 104 hours for martial artists. You got eight hours for said law enforcement officer. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the audio is great. Yeah, yeah. You need to see a doctor. All right. So, <laughs> right. We're getting yeah. so what happens is take away the eight. Now 104 minus eight, what 96. I'm at 96 hours, an average martial artist, hand to hand advantage over an officer. 96 yeah. hours out the gate. And that's only on a year one analysis. Right. And, and martial arts is in vogue. Like everybody knows something now. Like it's back in vogue now. It's back cool now. So like everyone's watching UFC and, 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 you know, and they ain't wearing tap out shirts anymore. So there's like less hints. <laughs> and like, 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 you know. So it's really cool. Yeah, it's a big fan base. It's a big it, it, yeah. UFC MMA. Fights, fights is a gangster getting in before he runs up into an officer. And like, that's the thing, one of the things that, or, or runs into you, you know, working a client, like that was one of the things we saw out there, I think for sure on that tactical protection review, that video was those officers were not intimate with physical contact and they couldn't bring that, that comfortability to, to that occasion, man. And that's no. a huge advantage. These combatants are familiar with physical, physical violence, you know, and that's so. an advantage. Huge. And if you and if you learn to surrender, so my definition, if you change your definition of surrendering yeah. and not look at it as like a loss, I fell, blah, 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 blah. You just learn to flow with things and you actually move your body, your mechanics, even for firearms guys, when I work yeah. with them, they tell me, John, I got better at my transitions, either primary or secondary or attack reloads or whatever, different platforms. I teach guys how to move with weapons out on the ground. Because of my grounds, because I developed. So surrendering is my biggest thing that I learned along the way. Patience. Dude, that was awesome. And that principle right there, I, there's some videos of me like 10 years ago, right? (laughs) Where I'm talking about surrender to what is, man. And I'm, I'm, and I'm like really in a very, very um, philosophical lens doing this whole thing. Um, And it's just that principle you're talking about is so important in this sense and in life, man. Like when I'm, I'm trying to create so many things i am creating so many things i'm doing so many things but you guys got to understand like the path is like a uh, roadblock okay can't go this way and i'm just kind of okay i can't gonna go this way okay gonna go this way and right. and i when you're young in this you get so frustrated and you try and power through the wall and hammer through the wall you know and now it's just so much more like okay i may not win initially i want eventually cool this is the new equation i'm gonna pivot okay this is the new equation i'm gonna pivot okay this is the new equation and you start finding so many many ways to solve all these problems and you become better. The surrender thing is huge. It is a principle that has really helped me over the course of my life and absolutely everything. It changes your whole mindset yeah. to, to resistance. Right. <laughs> it's and, just and an equation. Right. I so, feel nothing. I just evolve. Yeah. I feel yeah. nothing. <laughs> I just, I, just I, I know, better. right? Isn't I it take another route. So now that's why I tell everyone, learn to be a surfer. Yeah, so man. think about this in your world. Force yeah. on force. You obviously know that term, right? Yeah, man. Okay, so you can see my hand. So force on force, right? Okay. Right. Which force wins? In force on force, which force wins? The one that's got right. more force. <laughs> right. I know it's that yeah. you're like, what? There's a trick here. No, you're right. Yeah. The bigger force, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with hand to hand. Why a lot of people struggle and they want to rely only on weapons. When you train the way most hand-to-hand programs teach, how can you guarantee you're going to be the bigger force on everyone you run into? You can't, right? There's no way to know know what kind of punches they can deliver or take, how strong they are, 
their ligament tendon strength, their muscle belly insertion points. Is it a long belly? What kind of drugs they're on? That, what kind right, of the list goes they've on. been running. What, what, <laughs> what's their training? Are they a former D1 heavyweight wrestler who's just been boozing? He's got a beer belly now. So they've you, been in prison fighting other fighting dudes for the last eight months. <laughs> right, to protect, you know? And yeah. so how can, if so, force on force is such a misnomer in the industry because that's yeah. why people get hurt also in the DT classes. They go yeah. so hard. It's like grabbing the bat. You know, everyone's, that's that force on force. Now you're yeah. going to get hurt, whether it's intentional, accidental. So force on force, how was the, how was the, the um, Grand Canyon built, right? Colorado River. Water yeah. just flowed through it until it built the biggest canyon in the world. So I teach officers, I teach EP guys, I teach them, become a surfer. Yeah. There's only two ways to deal with a big wave coming at you. One, duck dive, right? Mm-hmm. Go under the wave at the base, come up to live yep. and tell the story again. Or right. two, turn around, paddle, hop up and go where the wave takes you. Right. You can't push the wave back into the ocean. You'll drown, yeah. you'll die, you'll smash. So that's force on force. This is the wave, this is you. Your best bet yeah. is do that or go with the wave. So that's how, this is the principle I teach officers to be a GPS and be a surfer. And I teach EP yeah. guys, you got to be able to flow. And that's why changing my definition of surrender, even change the way I teach my classes. Well, this is some Mr. Miyagi stuff happening in here right now. This is so dope, man. This is good. I, I dig it, man. Your shoulder so hurt? Good, hey, your shoulder yeah. Hurt? <laughs> yeah, right. Serious, man. That's good. What would you say? Uh, so proudest moment, proudest moment in this game, doing what you're doing. Whew. I, I got a lot, but I would say I'm proud of a lot I've worked my tail off for, but I would say getting my black belt from, you know, from Hoist Gracie, that was, you know, um, that was huge because kinda at the cool. time, black, black belts were like, what did you say? It's kind of cool. You know, it's, it's all right. Kinda, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It was a cool thing. I think I bought a pack of gum, but whatever. Not because, you yeah, know, yeah. I bore you with a million proud moments, as I'm sure you could, right? But it, it was proud for me for a couple of reasons, because at the time, you know, black belts didn't exist, not under Hoist Gracie. They did not, you know, it was like Sasquatch. Like there was rumors, but no one had seen them, right? Type deal. And the first five that got black belts, two of them, one of them was my first student to tell you how hard they were on me to hold me back so long. So they held me a long time. My first student got his black belt the day I got mine. Thank you. There's my student. Another guy was a student of mine. I'm not better at all. Boys, what's up? So, but, and then, the other guys, one of them got it deferred because um, he would fly to Grace County to take classes under me. And then two of the guys joined Hoist's network a year earlier and got on. But out of the first five, really, me, two students who trained under me, and then two guys who joined after. But I didn't care because getting a black belt from Hoist Grace, right? If you yeah. say, I'm a black belt in BJJ, and they go, cool, and you say, well, who, who are you under? I'm under yeah, Scott Smith. Who's that? Well, he's under Baba Boo Boo. Who's that? He's under, who's under the great. Where's your bloodline? Yeah. Elio Gracie, the man of great, John, uh, Hoist Gracie, John Burke. So I'm very proud of my lineage in my martial arts background. Extremely proud of that. And after that, it's my wife and kids. Outstanding. Don't let my wife hear that one. She's going to watch tactical stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, she's totally into that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I dig it, man. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Cool. That's yeah. awesome, man. But I am proud man. of this doing stuff, just meeting guys like you, not being funny, not blowing smoke. Like I do, I truly live this stuff in my heart. I do. And so when I get to do it, teach it, work, me, you know, I just like I'm next week I'm going to train some law enforcement. I'm like, 
I can feel the energy shifting. I get so excited to help because I get yeah, frustrated. Man. I hate, bu- I hate, you know what it is? I hate bullies. I hate bullies. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. level. And yeah. I see everybody who's not good as a bully in one way or another. And I just, I just, yeah. I have thing. And no, I wasn't bullied as a child. I just mm-hmm. don't like, yeah. I don't like the lesser person in any way being picked on. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's the protection. That's the protector DNA that I always talk about, man. It's like you, you just, a lot of guys that I have on the podcast and a lot of people out there, it's like, you just have this thing inside you. You see something like that happening. You're going to do something you wanted. You're, you, they're going to have to chain you down to have you have it happen in front of you. Right. And that's what we're here to do is equip those people. We want to make the world safer by helping good people become more dangerous, more formidable, more willing, capable yeah. and prepared. That's yeah. what it's all about, man. That's, yeah. that's so, yeah, I love that, man. Um, what would you say, boom, getting into the closing questions? I could literally sit here and talk with you all day. We've like gone all over all over the place on time. <laughs> Love good. this stuff. Well, um, like-minded people can enjoy the conversation, you know? hundred percent, hundred percent. Favorite quote, mantra, saying. What was that? I think it's Henry Ford, whether you think you're wrong or you're, or whether you think you can or can't, either way you're right. Yeah. So I believe it was Henry. I believe it was Henry Fort. It's up here, right? It really, that's why when Hoy said, you know, he made his muscle because I was going to fight this guy one time. The guy was six six three sixty. Okay, I was definitely scared to death. Yeah. And I mean, anybody who says they're not scared, I just don't buy it, right? And yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not well scared. Means I respect. Be, yeah. I respect what could happen to me. Right. Right. Okay. Right. I respect the possible dangerous outcome. Anyway, Healthy fear is healthy, man. It's, if it's use managed, it, it's, right. if it's managed, okay. it is it is fuel or it's debilitating, and it's all right. on the way, what right. you're doing with it in here. Yeah, man. It's either false evidence appearing real, right, or face everything and rise. Which way are you going nice. to see? Right. So, with that said, I turn around and I'm like probably ghost white. And Hoist looks at me, gets in my face, like you know, he's like, "Burke, you scared?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I'm scared." This guy's six six three sixty. He's like, so I'm yeah. 170. I go, you're not fighting. If you could mic us up, voice not, it's like two idiots talking, like laughing. I said, but you're not fighting. I mean, your voice crazy. I got to fight him. I'm jumping. He's like, look at yeah. him. So I turn around. This dude was like a wall. He's like, yeah. Berkey, he bleeds like you. His bones break like yours. He needs oxygen. Yeah. Like you. he went to, he said, and you're trained and he's not. Do you trust what I've taught you? I said, yeah. He goes, then it's all right here. When? Yeah. I was like, oh, damn. And so I never forgot that. So it's, you know, trust. If you, I hate when guys, like, let's say you walked into my gym, you're physically definitely imposing. And you walked in my gym and you get on the mat and guys are watching you and you're just being, you know, on the mat, rough and aggressive, not a bad one. Ominous. Just, you know, yeah. Physical guy. Yeah. And a lot of my guys, higher belts, that kind of would shy away from you. And I'll say, like, hey, Bob, come here. What are you doing? Why don't you go check the box? I'm going to go check the guy. I'm going to see you check Yeah. He's like, ah, yeah. blah, blah. he's like, do you see how? I said, so you don't believe in the skills you have. You can stop paying me. You can stop training here. Mm. And I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as the old guy who's going to be forty-eight in a couple months, I get on the mat. Yeah. I said, it work. because I don't train. And like, if I were to work with you, I wouldn't teach you how to deal with people. I would teach you how to deal with principles and positions and situations, not people. Because if you get on top of me on the ground in, let's say, position A take you out and replace you with anybody in the world in position. I, I'm going to treat it the same. The principles yeah. are the principles, the positions. Are the positions. So I teach it that way. So that's yeah. kind of, you know, I just, it's, no, it's the wisdom, man. It's, it's undeniable wisdom. It's control what you can control 
Control what you can control. Surrender what you can. Yeah, that's literally, that's the yin and yang of that whole entire thing, man. And that's, gosh, man, it just blows me away all the time how these combat principles are life principles, you know? You can get that yin yang down if you can control what you can control. And then the other side of it is surrendering to what you can't and flowing with that and learning what you need to learn from the things that make you surrender. Man, you become unstoppable, man. When I get punched in the face, that is the learning that is the like that is like the filet mignon of learning like if i take a loss or am defeated like i am like i'm almost just as happy as if i win because i'm like this just exposed me in the ways i need to be exposed if i win i'm scared a little bit because i'm like you are i literally like the next day after we have a live event hundreds of people show up and it was all and it was amazing i literally will be like you are only as good as your next move when i wake up that next morning i'm like don't believe anything anyone has to say about you don't listen to anyone patting you on the back rounds down range that bullet has left your chamber it's in the target cool no one cares anymore all that matters is what you can achieve you are only as good as your next move don't run and so those wins you know what i mean and it's like fighting the guys you know you could beat all the time at the gym you know it's like it's that false sense of stuff it's like nope turn the page and now we need to find that next goliath man where we yeah. at where we going sure. always oh, a student it. always a student always learning always training yeah yeah. You know, like law enforcement, you know, complacency. It's it's funny you, you just said that because it's so important to expose yourself in the training environment. It's important. And a lot of people, I'm a classic example in this following scenario. I stayed away from soccer. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I sucked at soccer. <laughs> so to me, <laughs> yeah. to me, soccer is a dumb sport, right? Yeah, 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 so yeah. exactly. I can't tell you how many guys I've worked with that, well, no, we'll just shoot. Well, let's go. Let's let's do this stuff, too, though. You got to work on this stuff. Not they avoid it because they don't want to expose themselves or the ego or I mean, I won't say who, but I've had some big names in IG be up close and personal with them. And from a hand to hand perspective, you know, I don't know if they just avoided it. They just it's it's all that like me when I if I were to come do your class, uh, let's say you're teaching um, firearms for EP guys class. Right, right. I would go in there and you're the instructor. I, I come in as if I know nothing. Sponge, man. Yeah. Yes, because like this I equated, wall behind me. Yeah. Like I equate it to reading a book. Man. If I read a book today, I'm going to get one message because I'm in a certain place in my life today that I won't be in in a month, two months, six months, a year. I read that book again in a year. I'm going to get an entirely new message. But if, if you say, hey, John, did you read this book? And I say, oh, yeah, I read that. I brushed it off like I know it already. That message that I missed on the first go around might be waiting for me. And that could be a life change. So 100%. always look at a move as if you've never learned it. If you showed me how to do a load and a gun, right. I would study your every mechanical movement, see if I could pick up one detail. Yeah. The people who think they know and shut down learning part, like, like I said, oh, I don't want to do footwork. Oh, I don't want to do it. Okay. Well, all right. If you don't do it, but when you need yeah. it, you don't want to think about it anymore, you know? Right. hundred percent. Awesome stuff, man. Uh, let's see. Habit that you believe people should look at to make themselves better humans or better protectors make your bed <laughs> make your bed we're making beds y'all that's what yeah that's. hey hospital okay. corners too you think i'm yeah, joking man. so i got i've always enjoyed a nicely made bed not gonna lie yes, yes. right but what motivated me was the book make your bed you know by the um the former yeah. yeah and he did a commencement speech. 
And I read it and it resonated with me so profoundly. I'm not kidding for the last seven or eight years only. I didn't do it my whole life. I, if I don't make a bet, I'm like, like, <laughs> yeah. Like I'll get home and be eight at night. I'll say, Jamie, yeah. come on, make a bet. She's like, what are you doing? It's eight. We're going to get into bed in an hour. And because it is true. When you have a great day, isn't there nothing better than getting into a nice hotel room? The bed's been made. You get, you know, those cold, And it's all right? put together. Yeah, yeah. Or what about you come home? And it's just been one of those days, a bear of a day, and, and the sheets are half off, and the, you're like, oh, and you're getting mad, yeah. you're fluffing the So either way, I like the idea. I do believe it's really important because it does set you up for success. I've lived it yeah. for the last seven years, and I've seen it. So I do think that, and I think really, truly, you said earlier, ego, EGO, everyone's got one. We got to just right. kind of like be open. Everyone can learn. You see, like on Instagram, nobody knows who I am. You're a big celebrity. Yeah. You're phenomenal at what you do. But that doesn't mean I might not be able to help you just because nobody knows me, right? That's, I know, but that's, you know, that's also kind of, <laughs> the of society right now, right? right so right. it's like, you know, oh, you'll talk to so-and-so because they have the word seal. Yeah. But they're not solely focused on hand-to-hand. That's 30 years of hand-to-hand. They need to know, like you said, the competencies you need. Yes. I would say hum- humility, put the ego away is really important. As you know, that's yeah. cliche, but it is true. For guys like us who've walked ridiculously in this, true. It's true. Yeah. It is true. I it think I think yeah, no, it's good stuff. I think the ego is like masculinity, man. You know, like they try to talk about like toxic masculinity and all this stuff. Like masculinity is a beautiful, amazing, and extremely necessary thing for the society and, and life and all these things. It can be toxic. Femininity can be toxic, or it can be very beautiful and powerful and all these things. Like the ego, like we, me and guys like us, we take pride in our studentship and our discipleship, our discipline followership. We take pride in being able to walk into a classroom where there's another specialist and be like this white wall behind me and soak up everything and be respectful and learn from another specialist. Like we take pride in our servanthood and, and our, and what we're here to give the world, you know? So, and so that's, it. that's ego. Like there's e- that's our, that's how we manage our egos, you know? So I, the ego gets demonized, but you, it's really like, like, do you have a healthy ego or do you have a toxic ego, which right. shuts down the ability? You have to now, you know, you're like a splatter painting behind me because everything's got to be about you validating yeah. yourself, <laughs> protecting your ego because you have to tell me all these, you know, like, and you have, yeah. I can't get anything in the freaking cup because it's full of all your stuff. So you're wasting your time and money, you know, like that's the game, man. Um, no, I surrender. Back to surrender. It's yeah, man. Awesome. And then the final big yeah. question, my man, sure. um, how would you like to be remembered? You know, what's this all for? Servitude. I like helping others. I know it may not come with the people who know me. I'll yeah. say this smiling, you know, the New yeah. York a-hole. And yeah, 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 I get like, I get that. But anybody who knows me knows like I truly yeah. care about, I truly care and I'm passionate about what I do and who I help. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll come home from certain trips and I'll be venting yeah. to my wife frustrated. I'm like, yeah. And I want them to get it so bad, you know? Yeah. So I kind of, I would say servitude. My line, people have heard me say it many times, say, if I want you to be better at this skill, more for you than you want for yourself, this relationship is yeah. not going to work. I care too much about your training. Why do you not yeah. care? So I would say, yeah. I'd want to be remembered as someone who like really went above and beyond to help people. Because yeah. I do, yeah. and you do too. I mean, yeah. look what you do. It's yeah. awesome. So. Dude, and that's, 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 just one of those values that joins us together, man. Cause for me, this whole life is about how much I can contribute to people. I am 
focused on being as strong and smart and powerful as I can here on this planet so I can serve at higher and higher levels yeah and impact yeah man because it goes like this yeah oh right? yeah you know how young are you how young are you i'm 36 man so i'll be 48 in may right so yeah i'll remember this i'll leave you with this because i know we got to hang up as we'll talk till midnight right right i had a guy i was in my 20s i was teaching at my gym in new york and i was all devastated over a breakup yep, yep. and this old guy he'd have to be at the time in his 50s his name was jules he wore a trench coat, Jules. cigar, and drove a Lincoln. Just, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so he was my guy, though, right? right. So, yeah, anyway. man. So he was like, "What, John, what's wrong? You seem bummed today. We're doing a private lesson. I said, ah, this girl, but I told him a story. He said, let me tell you something. This is all he said to me. From zero to 21, life takes forever. And from 21 to 50, and then it slows down again. Yeah. I was like, I didn't get them. I was like, that's nothing to do with the girl. He's like, it has everything. It was over, it, you know, it's high level stuff, man. That's top shelf. That's black. I was total, right I was a caveman of cavemen. And yeah. so he basically saying like, it's going to go, so this doesn't even matter. That's what his point was, right? Yeah. And he was right. But I had that conversation with him when I was 2026. I'm 48 and three months. I remember it like, it was a small, like, all of a sudden, I'm looking up, I'll be 50 in two years. I'm going, oh, my God. Because think about it. You can't wait till you turn t- double digits. My son will be yeah. 10 this year. He's like, what am I turning to? My daughter becomes a teenager this year. Then can't wait to yeah. drive. Then I want to graduate high school, become 18. Then I want to graduate college 21. I can drink legally. 21. Yeah. Boom. But to get to those milestones, life feels like it takes forever. Uh, when am I going to get right, my right, drive? Right. When I, next thing you know, yeah. you're in college paying a mortgage, paying bills, going, I wish I could go back and be a kitty. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just it's about time, man. You're right. Time. I want to serve it to you with you. Like you, man. I, that's why yeah, no joke, no smoke. I'm grateful that you reach back out because I, I want to link with good people who I can help more yeah. with. I'm on a small, too small platform right now. That's that's yeah. what I think. No, we're we're changing that. Rising tide lifts all ships at sea, brother. Man, this we're gonna do some awesome stuff together. Man, this has been awesome. Uh where can people find you, my man? Yes, sir. Nextlevelcombatives.com. Nextlevelcombatives.com. And if you happen to be flying into Orlando and you want to work out or train or just hit me up, uh, sixlevelsorlando.com is my gym website for my local gym in Orlando. Nice. Yeah. I, I, well, I will put all of it in the show notes, brother. Oh, wait, was I, I supposed to it. say Instagram? You're looking at me like moron. You forgot Instagram. <laughs> yeah, forgot what's your Instagram that. handle, man? Next Level Combatives. Next Level Combatives. I love it, man. We're going to put you on blast. All the links will be in the write up. Uh, You guys follow my man. He's the real deal. Like um, me and John about to do some stuff. You guys stay tuned. And um, man, this has been really good, John. Uh, You're, you're honestly, your wisdom from your experiences and the way that you've digested everything, what you're bringing to the game. um, I'm blown away uh, and, and really excited, man, to work with you. So Thank you so much for your time and attention. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Heck yeah. Awesome. Boom. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember, y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid. Boom. To support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. 
and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place. Do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can, because it makes all of these things possible. Thanks for those contributions. Yo, and before we go, you know I got a shout out to the sponsors, starting out with Primary Weapon Systems, PWS. They truly are the evolution of the rifle. Use Byron for 10% off. Gray Man and Company, the most comfortable tactical suits in the game. Use Byron for 10% off with them. Until the next podcast, this is Byron Rogers, protected by nature and by trade. Out.